to another episode of the perfect blend podcast my show hosted by yours truly Khalif k also known as k you know welcome back that was miss honey dijon miss honey dijon honey she is a black trans female dj wonderful black trans woman who's a dj wonderful 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 i just discovered her earlier this month and I've been in love. Actually, I knew about her, but I haven't like studied her music until this month when I found her most recent album called Black Girl Magic. But she does house and she's fucking legendary and phenomenal. And she's well-respected within the house music space. So check her out because Miss Honey Dijon, she was also on Renaissance. She did Cozy and Alien Superstar for Beyonce. She was a part of the production for that, for those two records on the album. And she also did a, she also did a remix for Break My Soul. Shout out to you, Miss Honey Dijon Girl. Yes, let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Blend Podcast, hosted by yours truly, K, aka Khalif, formerly known as K-Day, but I go by Khalif now. Okay, that's also my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle. So follow me, y'all. Follow your girl at Khalif now. That's K-A-L-E-E-F-N-O-W on Instagram and Twitter. Let's get it lit. Welcome back. Welcome back. I know I've been gone for a while. I feel like I always do that. Like I'll, I'll be consistent and then I'll drop episodes and disappear, child. But look, it's December. It's December 31st. It's New Year's Eve. I haven't put out an episode since November 7th. So it's been a little bit over a month, you know, basically two months. But yeah, I am back with my last episode of 2022. So, um, yeah, I just took a hiatus because it's the holidays, you know, it's the winter. And something in my spirit, I just wanted to honor that. And also my job has been, I got a new job um, and I left my most recent job back in September of this year. I used to work at a children's hospital, Child Los Angeles. Um, and I did a lot of work for trans and non-binary youth there, okay? But, um, but yeah, I have a new job now. I have a new job. And y'all know I'm really like protective of saying where I work until I leave, child. So I'm not going to say where I'm at this time. But um, 
but yeah, it's 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 a great it's a great job, and it's on my page anyway. You can see, but it's it's a great job, and um, but it has been very busy with my new job, very 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 busy. So <laughs> I just want to kind of focus on that and kind of just enjoy my off time and not really feel obligated to anything else outside of like what I'm what I'm like contractually supposed to do at work. Anything else like my podcast and stuff, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hold you. I've been a little like neglectful. Um, but yeah, I'm back, you all, and we have a lot to talk about. But yeah, before I get started with the show and the Yes Queen Award and everything, um, like I said, it's winter time, all right? So something in me just felt like, okay, I need to dial it back and just try to be in the moment and try to be present, you know, work through my emotions, work through my feelings, my moments of reflection. Um, I had a lot of uh, plans the end of the year that fell through like I was supposed to have certain guests on the show um but they decided to pull out at the last minute and you know I'm just learning that with this podcast thing you know whenever you try to work with people sometimes things fall through you know so for me I'm just learning to not take things personal I hope it's not a personal thing um between the guests that I really really wanted here you know but what I'm learning with this podcasting game and this podcasting scene is that now it's a hot thing Now everybody has a podcast, you know, and I've been doing this for six years. Um, The podcasting kind of took, you know, really started to kind of develop its its roots back in like 2010, 2011. Um, And people back then weren't really podcasting. Back then people were just doing radio and YouTube and and things like that and just social media, right? And a lot of people didn't really have the access outside of blogging to really have all these opinions and say how they feel and things like that, right? And not only that, you know, podcasting really wasn't what it is now. So, you know, for me, I have to understand that, um, you know, if people want to pull out, they could pull out. It just kind of, I'm like, oh, like I really was hopeful, you know, that that the individuals who um, were supposed to come on my show, I, I hope that in 2023 that we can work together. But if not, I fully understand maybe they had second thoughts, you know, um, I'm going to not catastrophize or anything like that because <laughs> I don't want this to come across as like being funny or nothing like that. But it's just, you know, sometimes things don't work, you know, and, and maybe some people just realized, you know, that they could do better elsewhere. But, you know, my thing is, it's like, you know, we could have talked about other things. We could have talked about, you know, how we could have done this and, uh, I'm gonna leave it there before I say something because they might listen to this episode. So I don't want to say anything that comes across as me being funny or salty. But y'all know I could be a little sensitive sometimes, and you know that what I'm learning though is that you can never be too hopeful in these spaces because a lot of people will say what they want to do and then change their mind. You know, and and it's just things fall through a lot. A lot of things just fall through. People are busy. People have their own goals, their own ambitions. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's winter. I've just been doing a lot of self-reflecting. I've been, um, trying to just stay to myself, um, even with loved ones, you know, just kind of taking space, um, no shade to anyone, just taking space and trying to just remain grounded because it's hard for me to feel grounded. You know, I'm an Aquarius. All right. I'm an air sign. So sometimes we be feeling like we are just all over the place. Thank God my rising is Virgo and my Libra is Moon, but I'm double air. I'm double air. So there are times where I'm just like all over the place and I just feel like I just want to, I need to like turn the world off for a second, right? Um, And I'm learning to 
not feel guilty about that anymore. And, and, you know, that's something that I'm still growing to do because I'm a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. I love people. But I've just noticed how whenever other people need a space, they take that space and they just declare that space. Um, so over the year, I've been practicing doing that for myself. Um, I haven't always been perfect at it, though. You know, there are times where I find myself overextending myself. And I'm just like, no, like, no. In this moment, like, there have been times with you know, um, people who I love in my personal life where I'm just like, no, I don't have the capacity right now. I'm not going to answer every phone call. I don't feel like it. I just, I don't have the capacity. And, you know, what I've noticed, and this is what allows me to, like, not feel guilty about it, is that I notice that other people do that, you know, to me. And I'll be sitting there like, dang, like, they just don't care or whatever. And it's like, yeah, no shit. They don't fucking care. They don't fucking care. They have to balance themselves out. They have to get their lives together. So for me, I'm doing the same for me. And I'm just taking ownership of my of my mental health, ownership of my personal space, ownership of my boundaries. And it's something that is a, a constant relearning that I have to do. Even with those who I'm really close to, it's just like sometimes I need space. Sometimes I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be contacted. I just want to be left alone. You know what I mean? Um, and this is not all the time, but you know, I have moments where I'm just like, I just want to chill and be under the radar. I don't want to be out. I don't want to post. I don't want to do all this shit all the time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, you know, I started really implementing that in November. Like in November, I took like a two week break from social media. And right now I'm taking another break from Instagram in particular, because Instagram is very fucking negative. Instagram is a very, I like Instagram, but Instagram is very, um, Instagram is fake. You know what I mean? Instagram is very fake. Instagram is the, I would say out of all of the social media apps, Instagram is probably like the top highlight reel. And then after that, it will be Facebook. And then maybe Twitter after that or TikTok, maybe Twitter or TikTok after that. But what I'm saying is that in today's age of social media, you know, your social media is basically your resume of how how popping your life is, where you work, how full your life is, you know, which is a great thing. But I think oftentimes with the certain pages that I follow, you know, that does all the, the content stuff or the celebrity gossip or celebrity news stuff, those spaces in particular get very draining. People are very disrespectful. And, you know, I've had a lot of times uh, this year and in previous years where people will come at me or, you know, say crazy things to me just for me stating my opinion. And I'm learning again and again that, you know, not everything requires a response, but, you know, my personality, I'm one of those people, you come at me, I come at you back. You know what I mean? So that's something where I'm kind of like learning, like, okay, girl, relax, sit down. This is, this is like virtual this is the virtual space. Like, this is not fucking real. You know what I mean? Like, this is the internet space. But I had a situation with a guy who I knew recently. Um, and we're going to talk about the Megan Thee Stallion case. You know what I mean? But I, was, I had a situation with this guy who I knew. And I met him last year. Um, cool guy. Nice guy. You know, he flirts a lot. And then he won't flirt. You know, he knows that, he knows that I'm a trans girl and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't know if he likes me or not. I don't really know what his deal is. But... Recently, he's been, like, trying to talk to me more in my DMs and stuff after kind of talking to me throughout the year, but not even, like, on a sexual level. You know how when you meet someone and you can tell they kind of like you, but they're kind of shy, but they don't know what to do? And for me in particular, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe he's acting like this because I'm a, you know, I'm a trans woman, so he probably does like me, but he's probably struggling with that, which, you know, a lot of men do. A lot of men, they kind of struggle, but they'll flirt with you, but they struggle because they're like, damn, like, 
maybe you're a trans girl. Like, I don't know, but I, I think you're pretty. But I, you know, I kind of like you. I, I, I like your vibe. But, you know, you trans. So it's like, it was like kind of like that weird vibe. Um, anyways, he, he got upset with me about some of the things that I was sharing in defense of Megan Thee Stallion. And hell yes, I shared some memes that were laughing at Tory Lanez. I sure the fuck did on my Instagram page. Um, <laughs> but you know, Instagram in particular, long story short, I had to take another break because he started like going in on me and my DMs. And um, at first he wasn't even disrespectful. You know, I think towards the end he got disrespectful because he wanted me to agree with him about his stance or whatever. And for me, I was like, look, well, I don't care what your stance is. I don't care if you support him or you think he's innocent. He's fucking wrong. We're going to get into the Tory thing later. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. But essentially, I had to take a break because I'm like, look, I'm going to share what I'm going to share on my Instagram page or on my Twitter or whatever. I want. I'm going to share what I want to share. If you don't like it, you're an adult. You can unfollow me. I don't care. All of you get your asses. And this is just what I'm saying to people on social media in general, right? A lot of people get on social media. They share their opinion. They share how they feel about things. Some of us are more passionate about other things, you know, or some of us are more passionate about certain things more so than other things. And I think for me, where I started to get irritated with him is he was just like, you know, you don't even share anything about the black community or anything that's positive about the black community. You always share about celebrity stuff. And I was like, no, I actually do share positive things about the black community. But um, if, if you're coming to my page for political stuff, I am not a political guru, right? I think I give you a little bit of everything, but don't have this high expectation of me on my podcast or anything for me to be like, like anyone else. If you're coming to me trying to think that, this is what fucking annoys me about black people. Okay, and I love my people, but I'm just saying our community, I think that when we're we're when we're in these online spaces or in these online spaces, we're often seeking the answers or we're seeking a leader or we're seeking all these things. So we put all of these expectations on one person. And I think for him, he had this expectation of me to be like this this ultra like PC, you know, <laughs> I guess misogynistic thinker like he is. Like, I, I think he wanted me to be like a black woman who just uplifts black men on my platform and, and kind of knows my place, quote unquote, and things like that. That's not the content that I share. I'm a very progressive black woman. I'm a trans woman on top of that. I'm very pro-LGBT. I'm, I'm very progressive with the things that I share. So there are a lot of people who get triggered by what I share, but oftentimes those people, they're very conservative and they usually just unfollow me because they don't like me. So they, they probably have met me in person and they're like, oh, Khalid is a cool, you know, Kay is a cool girl. She's great. I love her personality. But when we really get down to fundamental core beliefs and values, I'm very progressive, or at least I like to think I am. When it comes to political things, I think all of us have a lot of or have multiple sides to us where some parts of us are more progressive than others. We might, we, might, we might be conservative in other areas, such as gender or race or whatever, or our political views or whatever, right? But he and I had this whole argument last weekend and it just, it really left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, you know, because I thought he was a cool cat. You know, I thought I thought he was a cool guy. Um, and it's so funny because before we had the, the disagreement about who we supported in this particular case with Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez or whatever, which is actually the people in the state of California versus Tory Lanez, not even Megan Thee Stallion. This is Tory Lanez's trial. You get what I'm saying? That that just ended last week. Um, 
when he started messaging me about it, I was like, I don't want to argue with you. Please stop messaging me. Like, I like before we started going and I was all like, I could see where this is going to go. Why are you coming to me? You already know how I feel. So don't come to me. And I literally told him this before I went off on him. I was all like, now you already know how I feel about black women. You already know how I feel about black LGBTQ people. You already know how I feel about like victims and things like that. So why are you going to knowingly come to my page to fucking fight with me? Don't do it. I will give you a run for your fucking money. I was holding that. I was all like, we're going to be fucking arguing. You're, you're going to get really triggered about some of the things that I say. And I didn't, we didn't cuss at each other. You know, it didn't get disrespectful. He did insult me, though. He did insult me on the comment about me basically not. He made a comment basically alluding to me not supporting the Black community as a whole because I'm only supporting Megan Thee Stallion and, and I'm supporting a Black man, you know, who's, who's suffering at the hands of, you know, of the state of California and the law. And for me, I told him, I was all like, okay, well, in this particular case, I don't feel like you should support Tory Lanez. I, I don't feel that that's a hill that you should die on. This is the wrong cause because a lot of, a lot of, you know, Black cisgender men, they usually support each other and that's it. They don't support Black women. They don't support anybody else. Even when we talk about Black Lives Matter, that whole movement it has been taken over by black men. And, the, and and by the way, as I say this, I am not being problematic. I am not being anti-black. What I'm saying is that within within our intra-community, they are the only ones that are often seen as heroes, as victims and things like that. Everyone else, not so much, right? So I get annoyed when black people, especially black cis men, try to challenge me and try to correct me or try to come to me and tell me how the hell I should feel about whatever I'm supporting, especially if it's supporting a Black woman. You get what I'm saying? Or a Black trans person or a Black gay person or whoever. Um, that's a fight that if you follow me on social media and if you come at me with that bullshit, you will get fucking blocked. I blocked him. Because at the end of the fight, he was like, oh, you know what? We should, I, you know, how about I just block you? I said, you know what? Good, what, good riddance. Good fucking riddance. Because you, and you are playing the victim right now and you just can't handle my opinion. I'm not a pick me. I'm not one of those fucking women who's going to sit up here and just agree with, with you just because you're a fucking man. I do not care about that. That woman was shot. I have a, I have my feelings about Megan Thee Stallion. And, and this is outside of me being a fan, although I am a, I'm a huge supporter of her and her music. At the end of the day, you know, she was the victim in that situation. Hell, a week later, and we're going to get into that later. I'm all over the place. But I will say this. A week later after that trial ended, now we're getting leaked video footage of her crying in the ambulance. We're getting leaked phone calls of alleged, you know, alleged phone calls of Kelsey and Tori having a phone call where, you know, he was saying how sorry he was to Kelsey and Megan Thee Stallion about whatever transpired that night in the car, right? We're seeing all these things after the trial has ended, right? We're going to get into that. But I want to, I'm, I'm going on this tangent because I just get so annoyed with Instagram in particular. I feel like Instagram and even, and even Twitter, Twitter does that sometimes, but I haven't had a lot of fights or anything on Twitter yet. I haven't had people trying me yet. It probably will happen one day. But, you know, Twitter is also very exhausting. But luckily, I just restarted my new Twitter page. And I don't really have a lot of, like, I don't have a big following. So people are not, like, coming for me yet. And also, too, when I tweet, I don't tweet stuff just to go viral or get clout. A lot of people on Twitter, they tweet shit just to get a moment. I don't do that. I just try to keep it authentic with what I tweet. Um, 
I tweet funny stuff. I'm trying to tweet my thoughts and be more comfortable with that. And for me, I'm still finding the balance of like, you know, don't don't tweet your personal stuff too much, you know, because people will hold that against you. You know, people be acting crazy on these socials. So I try to just keep it entertaining and, and authentic, um, but still with my own boundaries. You know what I mean? But with Instagram in particular, I just feel like Instagram is just really fucking toxic. And, and I like IG. I think IG is fun. I think it's a great app, but I think I need to figure out how to curate that again. Because um, when I pop off, first of all, I don't like popping off on social media. But this year, in 2022, for the last, like, four months, a lot of people have been trying me on Instagram. Or, like, trying, like, they've either been, like, trying me on social media and my DMs or trying me in real life. Like, they'll try me in real life and then they'll go on social media and they'll start subbing and stuff. And then I'm over here subbing back. And, you know, that's... I, I, I don't like when people, because I'm a really sweet person, but I think for me, I I don't like being in that space. And I'm one of those people where I could be confrontational, not physically, but I'm someone where if you if you keep challenging me or if you're if you're like coming at me, I will set the record straight with you. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm a very like I'm not gonna deal with this. Like I will tell you how I feel. I will tell you what the fuck it is. If you don't like it, don't follow me. We don't have to be friends. We don't have to, you know. So I find I found myself over the last few months just letting people know, hey. If you really don't mess with me, please unfollow me. I can't I can't do this fake shit. I can't do this thing of, okay, when I see you in person, we have an issue. When I see you online, we don't have an issue. When I see you online, we have an issue. When I see you in person, we don't have an issue. And I've been dealing with that a lot since the summer, actually. I, honestly, I think from June to now, I've been having a few situations. Not, not all the time, but I've had like about a good three to four situations like that with people where I'm just like, look, what the fuck is it? Are we cool or not? Because <laughs> online, you're cool. On in person, you're acting funny. So what what are we doing? Because this is not this is not me being messy. This is not me. Cause I'm a very I'm also a very animated person too. So people and this is what annoys me with people. I think that when I am very expressive, people like to say, oh Khalif is just dramatic or she's just this and she's just that. Why? Okay, so now I'm dramatic when I check a bitch or when I, or, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's like what I'm realizing is that there is no winning with people. And also too, you know, in some of the situations I could be very reactive. Um, Cause I, you know, I'm just one of those people where I'm like, well, what is it? You know, do we have an issue or not? Like, you know, so sometimes I could be that way sometimes, although I'm really calm, I'm really sweet, you know, but I say all that to say with this damn tangent that Instagram, I've dealt with that on social media a few times with people kind of being funny or or people legit messaging me trying to get cute with me. And I'm just like, who, the, who are you playing with? Like, you know, comedy, get, get it together. Because we could go back and forth. You could get blocked. Because here's my thing with people. We don't have to be fucking friends. And, you know, I'm one of those people where... I've lost a lot of people in my life. Don't get it twisted. I, I love people. I'm a people's person. I love people. I love having friends. I love people. But even for me, I'm I'm controlling my energy, you know, and, I, and I'm very protective of me. So when people start, when I start feeling something with, with, with girls or with, with, you know, with anybody, I'm just, I'm very like, all right, this is what it is. Like, for example, homeboy who was arguing with me and we've been cool. He and I, we've been cool for like a year. I met him like last fall. Uh, 2021 in fall we've been cool or whatever he's been nothing but sweet but with this particular situation he started kind of getting saucy with me with his mouth 
And um, and he even kept trying to catch himself because I was just like, I'm really not the one. Like when he and I were going back and forth respectfully, I was like, sir, please stop. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to make this because he's, you know, we're all passionate about the issues that happen in the black community, right? So he was sharing his sharing his grievances and I was sharing mine. But I was like, honey, I align with the victim. And that's Megan the Sign. And that's who I align with. I'm not one of those people who don't believe women, you know? Um, and in this particular situation, I believe her. And I'm confident in that. And I'm, and I'm okay with saying that I always have believed her. You know, um, he got, he felt some type of way about that. And he made it this thing of like, you know, you don't, you don't realize what's happening to black people in this country and in society. I was like, no, I do realize what's happening to black people across the whole spectrum. You as a black man, you don't realize what happens to all of us across the spectrum because you as a black man, everything is only about you. You don't care about women. You don't care about any fucking body else. You don't care about anyone else in this community but yourself. So when I told him that he had an issue, I'm just like, no, that's how a lot of you, and this might be a generalized statement, and you know, I'm open to being corrected, but that's often that's often what I see with uh, Black cisgender men is that, um, you know, and this is, I'm not saying I hate them or nothing like that, but I'm saying whenever it comes to issues that are intra-community, it's always very divided and, they they often get priority with with who is talked about or who or who gets um, grace or who receives grace and understanding. It's always them, right? So for me in this moment, I was just like, no, I'm giving that grace to a black woman. I'm writing for her. I fucking love her, and um, and you know a lot of people. So let's talk about Megan Thee Stallion now. So Megan Thee Stallion was shot back in July of 2020. Um, by Tory Lanez, right? And this whole situation has been a messy debacle. And it's gotten so bad to the point to where there's this gender war in the Black community online, right? It's like this weird gender war. Now, outside of Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez, there has been a constant gender war with Black media, Black content, uh, celebrity, celebrity pages, and also just funny pages like Spiritual World and shit like that. All of these ratchet pages. There has been this, uh, and another one like Respectfully Justin. There, there has been this undertone of a gender war. I mean, look at look at the content. You see the Kevin Samuels bullshit. You see all this bullshit. Now, a lot of Black people communicate with these with these mediums. You know, with with the social medias, right? A lot of us talk on here. A lot of us learn on here. A lot of us express our pain on here. A lot of us are, in my opinion, I think a lot of us are a little bit too open about our pain um, or about our views, on, you know, within social media sometimes. Um, and it fucks us up. Um, you know, even me, there are times where I post stuff or I say stuff and I'm like, oh girl, get off of here. You look fucking crazy. You know, like, don't say this or, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't say this. By the way, excuse the F-bombs. I apologize for cussing. I'm not editing anything. You're going to get this episode raw and uncut, um, as my other episodes. But, you know, when it, back to my train of thought. So when it comes to Black content, when we look at the shade rooms, when we look at the neighborhood talks, when we look at, you know, spiritual world, when we look at all of these top pages... There has been this undertone of a gender war that has been happening, I would say. And honestly, this gender war, when you really think about it, 
it's been happening for like the last like 30 years with like hip hop music and you know our music and our culture of like them versus us within the community like men versus women and things like that but recently what we've been seeing now within the last 10 years it's been this energy of um all of us are so divided you you got like the lgbt people versus the straight people and then within the LGBT people, you got the gays versus the trans. And then within the gays, you got the tops versus the bottoms. We are all very, um, oh, and by the way, let me let me slow down. When we get back to the heterosexual spaces, we got the, you know, the 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 men versus the women, and then and then the men versus the gays, and then the gays versus the men, and then and then the gays versus the black women. It's just so fucking stupid, you know? So I get really annoyed when people when people come at me, and you know, some of these people I don't even know. I don't know them from a rat's, you know, a, a can, a, a rat's ass, or you know, a pain, what's that saying? Uh, a can of paint, or whatever, whatever that saying is. I don't, I don't know any of these people. But some people I do know, right? Some people I do know, and they do get a little froggy with me on Instagram, and they try to like come at me or try to challenge me on what I say. And you know, for me, I'm one of those people where I'm just like, okay, I can handle a good debate. Um, but if it starts getting disrespectful, that's just where I draw the line. If you start trying to insult me about my education, which is what old boy did, he was like, you know, um, you, you're you only saying this because you watch TV. I was like, no, I'm actually very highly educated. I have a college degree. Don't don't come for me. Don't don't you try to play me on what I'm educated about. Don't let's not do that. Because now you're getting disrespectful, trying to insult my intelligence. You know what I mean? So. Um, we had words, you know, and I had to let him know. I was like, you really, you're really disrespectful. You got me all the way fucked up. And <laughs> he was like, okay, well, you can get blocked. And I was like, well, honey, I asked you to stop. I, in the beginning of this, I said, can we, let's just not have this conversation because both of us clearly feel passionate. You can't handle how I feel. And for me now, you're starting to disrespect me. So this is where I don't want to cuss you the fuck out. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, you know? Um, and I, and you know, I, I did, I, I never cussed him out, but I definitely checked him and, you know, um, I'm all over the place, Megan Thee Stallion. So this whole case has been really triggering to say the least. I think for all of us, for all of us who are watching, a lot of people are mentally checked out. A lot of people, it's very divided. You have some people who believe her, some people who don't believe her. I believe her. Um, a lot of people say, okay, well, she lied. In the beginning, she lied saying that she stepped on stepped on glass and she wasn't shot. Um, but, you know, whenever people come at me or say that, I'm like, okay, well, she explained why she lied, you guys. What more do you fucking want? She came out and said she lied because at that time, in 2020, we were literally deep in the rut of George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. We had the protests going on. We had... Um, looting going on that summer of 2020 was so chaotic and wild and in the actual world and on social media like in our physical world there was so much going on and she was saying that as a black woman she knew what that situation could do not only to her but more so to tori and she said that she said i lied because i didn't want i didn't want anything to happen i didn't want him to go down I, you know and that's what she she literally said that you know then they were like okay well she didn't she didn't disclose that because you know after they hit her with that people started saying oh well you know because Tori Tori came out and said that basically 
he had he slept with her and Kelsey. So once he said that, they started calling Megan a liar again and saying, oh, well, you didn't tell the truth and you didn't say what really happened that night to get shot. So what's what's so sick about this is that once he hurled that particular information out, people started to further disrespect Megan and start to use that to justify why she was shot. And I truly don't think that people realize what they are doing. When you are trying to pull this woman's sexual history against her, you all, like, when I say you, I'm not speaking to the listener. I'm just saying people on social media and just this conversation. When people are pulling that, they I don't think they realize that they're justifying why she was shot. And what we have to get back to is that that night, this woman was shot. And she could have died. She literally could have... It. What if it didn't hit her foot? What if it would have hit her in the head? You know, she literally... What if it would have hit her in the chest? She could have died. She literally could have died. So I, I get really annoyed when I see, and oftentimes when we talk about this case, I see nothing but black people. I see black black men and black women saying this stuff. And for me, I'm just realizing more and more how divided we all truly are. I don't think that there's a lot of unity within us. I don't. And I get a lot of flack for saying that. When I, like when I say this shit about, when I say this to my friends or when I say this to other people who are not black, I, I get so much flack for saying that. But it's true. I don't think that there is a lot of unity between us. I I think that how Black people are today, I think what we see today now is that a lot of us sort of go over where the love is um, and where the support is with each other. But collectively as a community, we all do not support each other. There are so many Black men who are extremely misogynistic. They don't even support Black women. They have Black women who don't even support each other because oftentimes they, we, they, we have been so hurt, or Black women have been so hurt, cis women in particular, have been so hurt with each other, um, you know, so where they just don't trust each other. And it's just this very... Um, and then when you... Well, it trickles down to the LGBT too. You know, us as Black people, we feel left out. It's... It's just so crazy. So I I know I'm going on a rant, you all, and I apologize, but I hope you're following this. You know, all in all, Instagram in particular, when I follow these blogs and stuff, I'm like, okay, I know I I like to do the celebrity news stuff, but I'm just starting to see how toxic, um, and and I've always seen it, but it's just, it just seems like the same redundant shit over and over and over and over and over again on Instagram in particular. And even on Twitter, Twitter is very redundant when it comes to Black content and what we see, whether it be celebrity stuff or just regular conversations that we have, you know, about intra-community issues. It's very repetitive. It's very fucking redundant. No one has the answers. Everyone thinks they have the answers and it's annoying as shit. And, <laughs> and, and even in the podcasting space, you know, podcasting now, there's a friend of mine, her and I were chatting um, recently, and I told her, we were chatting earlier this week, we had lunch. Shout out to you, you know who you are if you listen to my show, that's my homegirl. Um, I love her to death. One of my newest friends, I met her summer this year, but she is she's a sweetheart, and I was telling her how with my podcast, I was like, okay, I'm a black pop. I told her, I was like, you know, I'm a black podcaster girl. I talk about a lot of the news, you know, a lot of the celebrity news and hot topics that we have going on, but I'm tired because I'm, I, I don't really feel like that there's any fruits um, 
with this and I try my best to give fruit but it's just oftentimes where I want to grow in this podcasting space but what I see with Instagram in particular and Twitter what I see is that a lot of these podcasters it's very like we have two we have two hosts we have we have a host or we have co-hosts of a show or we have a panel style podcast and in this podcast people are arguing about things that are controversial right or their their opinions and their views about dating or about 50-50 or about men versus women or about it's just the same redundant shit and I told her I was like you know there are times where I'm just like why do I even podcast you know I'm a trans girl right I, I like music I like I like TV I like reality TV I like celebrity stuff I like I like all that trashy stuff or whatever and not all of it is trash but I like I like the trendy stuff I think it's fun um but there's times where I just find myself like, what the, f- like, what is this? <laughs> like, I'm not going to be sitting up here arguing with nobody. You know, like, I don't want to, like, if I were to grow or get bigger in this space, I don't want it to just be like this messy moment of us trying to go viral or things like that. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's really annoying because I feel there are times where I see this content getting the, the clicks and stuff. And I'm like, okay, they're doing what they have to do to get the clicks and get the popularity. I get it. I totally get it. But it's exhausting because I just feel like it's not, it's not authentic, you know? I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's very done. It's it's done just for clicks and it's it's not really putting us in a place where we could actually move forward or we're actually pushing the culture forward. When we talk about pushing the culture and pushing the needle, you know, I think for me, I, I feel that way when it comes to the, the very gender-based conversations, the very divided gender conversations. I think that's what sets us all back. I think it's so stupid, and I think that it's so divisive. Now, when it comes to the to the fun shit, like Carisha, please, and all of that, I like that. I, I love Carisha. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could do that. You know, like, I, I like stuff like that. I think that's fun. Um, Armand Wiggins, you know, people like that. Like, you know, I, I like that type of stuff. I think it's fun, right? But I think for some reason, when it comes to this... When it comes to that very heterosexual gender divide, it's something that it, it's very exhausting. And I don't know, my heterosexual people, do y'all find that content exhausting? Because I think y'all really like that shit. And for me, I'm just like, this shit is so redundant. They are so boring. Like, my God, all they talk about is dating all day, 50-50, what a woman is supposed to do, what a man. It's just so repetitive. Oh. It's so repetitive. You all don't talk about shit else. But, but I understand why. As I say that, I can also take it back, you know, because I'm a crazy child. I can see see the bigger picture. I can see why these things are so triggering because on a real world level, these are the conversations that you're having. So, you know, so when when we talk about black culture and black pop culture and, and pushing that into the echo chamber of TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, and Facebook and these social media platforms. These are the things that we all are dealing with in our real lives. So this is why people are passionate. So for example, Tory Lanez and Megan, there are so many domestic violent and intimate partner violent situations that that we all have dealt with, rather you're a black man, a black woman, a, a, a gay person, a trans person, whoever the hell you are, right? A non-binary person. A lot of us have either dealt with that or we've known someone who've dealt with things like that in particular where where it might be a, an intimate partner thing, you know, where people are fighting and it just gets out of control. So we feel a certain way. Um, 
you know, or or we we deal with the dating situation. I think I think dating is something that if if you're basically like twenty, if you're like twenty to like fifty five or sixty, you're 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 in that area of life where you're having intimate relationships with people. You're having boyfriends, you're having girlfriends, and if you're single, you're probably wanting to date or you're probably trying to get yourself out there, or you're probably recovering from a relationship. So also, too, I can see why that, why the dating conversations are very, it, it gets the people going. Gender conversations. In the Black community, there's this constant thing about, there's this constant rhetoric of, of like, the red pill content creators, like, you know, fucking Kevin Samuels and things like that, or, or you know, fresh and fit, those stupid motherfuckers on that show. You know, there's this constant thing of um, Black men trying to tell Black women how to be Black women and why they're not good enough and how they're not feminine and how they're not this and how they're not that, right? That's exhausting in itself, right? You know, it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so there are times on social media where I'm like, oh, I need to like figure out a way to deal with this or just stick to the celebrity shit because the red pill stuff it just I feel like it really and a part of me I'm like you know when we talk about being divisive I'm like okay the straights have to deal with that I'm like the LGBTs we don't really deal with that a lot I feel like the LGBT the black LGBT community we don't we don't really we're not tied to these gender roles like that me as a trans woman I am so all over the place this episode, but I hope you all enjoy this shit. Because this this is just, this is like a venting session, girl. Because this is the shit I'm just seeing on these social platforms. It's too much. Um, so, in, you know, within the LGBTQ community, I feel like the gender roles are not really... Black LGBTQ people or LGBTQ people in general, they do also struggle with gender roles as well. But when it comes to content of what we see on the internet, I feel like it's, it's not, it's not as as intense as, as the hetero community. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's all they talk about is, oh, all they talk about is dating, um, how basically they don't really see it for LGBTQ people and how we're, like, infringing upon their spaces. <laughs> and they talk about money and who... Sh- it's just, like, the same redundant shit that they talk about. And they're very divisive. Very, extremely divisive. It's annoying. And, you know, then you'll have a Black woman occasionally who will come and she'll call everybody else. She'll shake it up. We have a black man who will attempt to be progressive and he's really not progressive. And it's just, it's a lot. So <laughs> with all that being said, Instagram is a mess. So there are times where it's, I just find it extremely exhausting. And um, even the celebrity stuff, you know, I, I enjoy giving commentary, but there are times even with that where I'm just like, this is so exhausting. But I understand why it's there. I understand why why it exists. And I have a choice to disengage, right? So, you know, I have certain friends where they'll kind of get worried if I'm not posting. You know, please don't get worried about that. I be chilling, y'all. Do not, you know, I always encourage people to take a break from social media because it's really not healthy. Like, you know, when we when I when I talk about social media, and when, you know, when I when I say this and when I see this, social media, when we think about it, it's it's a lot of highlight reels. So you see nothing but the good or the good or the bad. You see the bad too. But you often see people who are putting up a front about how good their life is, right? Some people are more authentic than others, but most of the time it's very it's very performative. It's very like, I'm doing this for my page. I exist for my social media. You see it all the time. And for me, I'm more of a of a realistic person. I feel like I'm I'm kinda 
I'm in both worlds. Like, I'm in the social media world, but not really. Like, I'm very real. I'm very, like, or I try my best to be real. I try my try my best to stay grounded. Um, for example, like, I'll go places. I won't always post. You know, I, I know friends who, and I'm not calling out anyone in particular. So if you're listening to this, do not take it personal. But there are friends who I know in real life where they, they go places and they cannot put down their fucking phone. Or... Or if they're on their phone, they have to take a picture of every single thing. And that's okay. It's okay to a certain extent. But I've, I have friends where they, where when we go out, it's always to have a moment for social media. And it is so annoying. Like, I literally have had a few friends where I tell them, like, oh, my God, can, we, can you put your phone away? Like, <laughs> we're here eating dinner. I don't care to take a picture of the food. And they'll be like, well, take a picture with me. I'm like, I don't want to take a picture with you. I didn't come here to take a picture. I didn't get pretty. And even if I was pretty, there are times where I don't want to take pictures. I want to just be in the moment with my homie. I want to chill. I want to eat. I want to conversate. I want us to have direct interaction on a human level. And there were a few friends like that where it annoys the shit out of me. And I'm and I, like, I've had to go off on a few of my friends where I'm like, damn, why do you always get your phone out? Like, put your phone away. Like, I have, I have one homegirl and I love her. Love her to death. But she has that really bad where it's like, it's always a selfie. It's always this. And I'm just like, bitch, put your phone down. <laughs> you know, put like we are here. Put your phone away. I don't, you know, it's so and here's the thing, it's okay to check your phone. It's okay to scroll the gram. It's okay to do all that. But I'm I have one friend where she'll try to like force me to always take pictures with her. And I'm like, sister, like it doesn't always have to, we don't always have to take a picture. It annoys me. I don't like it I'm not like that. You're like that, but you know, I'm not that way. So it just, it annoys the fuck out of me, you know? Um, and, there, and and by the way, as I say that, there are times where I want to take pictures, right? But every single time when we go out, every time we link up, do we have to make it a photo shoot every fucking time? It's exhausting. It's not real. <laughs> you know, so I just, oh, I'm ranting about social media this whole episode. I might not even post this episode. This is bullshit. You're listening to me, Vent. This is so fucking crazy. I don't even know how we got here. Um, If you're still listening, thank you. This is a lot. I know. It's a lot. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about social media and why Instagram in particular is a fucking shit show. Um, (laughs) But yeah, as you all know, let's, let's go ahead and move somewhere else. Megan Thee Stallion received justice. Um, Tory Lanez was guilty on all counts, um, on all three counts of what occurred with Megan Thee Stallion. And um, he was was, uh, guilty of three felony accounts, carrying a loaded and unregistered firearm in a vehicle, assault with a semi-automatic handgun, and discharging a firearm with gross negligence. And, uh, you know, Tory, he's facing over 20 years in prison and a potential deportation to Canada, all right? Um, I support Megan Thee Stallion. Um, now, if you all don't know, uh, Tory Lanez, he, he also had other things on his record. He is a felon, but he had a lot of issues in Canada, right? Where he had a, a, a huge criminal past in Canada. And in, in the States, you know, in the United States, he didn't have any, you know, issues, um, now, he did have a few fights with people. He fought August Alcina. You know, he had a few fist fights. He had a few things here, but nothing that was felony-related until um, so this particular case with Megan Thee Stallion. But, you know, um, 
as I say this, and this is what me and this guy were fighting about. He was saying how I was trying to like harm a black man. And I was like, no, I'm not trying to harm a black man. In this particular case, I support a black woman who is the victim in this situation. Um, and that's just where I stand on it. So he has to do his time. You do the crime, you do your time. You know, and this is, and when I say that, and he was taking it as like, oh my God, the justice system tears down black men. Black men, you know, are wrongly accused of things. I'm like, but no, he did this to this woman. This is not anything that's wrongly accused. He sat there for two years trying to pay people off, lying, allegedly, you know, allegedly trying to pay people off, you know, lying. He released a 17-song album disrespecting Meg and calling her a liar. Um, now, flash forward a week later after the trial, we're getting, we're getting tea! The blogs! The blogs are dropping tea, you all. There's this blog on YouTube, this woman on YouTube who's getting all this audio mysteriously. She's getting, she got the footage of of Megan crying in the ambulance. She got a leaked, um, alleged phone call between Tory Lanez and Kelsey. And she's just dropping all these receipts. This random woman, her name is Neek at Night or whatever her, her name is. I don't know the lady's name, but I think her name is Neek at Night. Some random lady out of nowhere. She she's just dropping all these alleged receipts, right? Look, at this rate, that woman has been a victim and now she's being vindicated and you all can't take it. So we're gonna leave it there. Megan this you know, I I love Megan the Stein. I'm a big fan of her music. But the reason, I'm gonna leave this off saying this. The reason why people are so passionate about this is because this is something that that happens within the black community where you'll see black women in particular who are afraid to come up and speak about the things that they go through because they're told that they're a liar um you know people do everything in their power even other black women will go against the black female victim and be like okay well what did you do to deserve that and i just think with megan i've seen for the past two years people have been slandering that 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 woman and doing this to her and even Joe Budden, he came out saying, oh, I don't, I just don't like her because she's done horrible things to people. What has she done that's so horrible besides being a businesswoman and standing up for herself? You all are full of shit. And, and you know, the way, the way that the industry has like done that to her, I know my podcast won't go far. I know no one cares about this fucking show because I'm not popular, okay? But, you know, it's just really wild to me how Tori went on a smear campaign, other artists joined within the hip hop community. Um, Joe, you know, Joe Budden running around talking, talking about this woman, 50 Cent. Um, it's just, it's wild to me. Megan, the, uh, uh, Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj talking shit about her, dissing her, talking about drop it here. And, and I love Nicki Minaj, but Nicki, f- full of shit, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy to me how people are really, the, the level of like disrespect, but you know. We live in an age now where everything is done for clout. Everything is done for attention. Even some of your biggest stars are, are like that, where they're saying stuff for shock value. They're being irresponsible with their platforms. They're not correcting themselves. They don't, they don't give... They, hold on. Let me just catch my, catch my thought. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They don't care about this woman. They don't care. They're terrible fucking people. And, you know, I, I'm just seeing how... In these media spaces, how terrible people are, how there's no integrity, but yet the people who have the biggest platforms literally have no integrity. They have no fucking ethic morale. They don't have, that doesn't fucking exist. 
um, with the people who are some of the biggest in these in these podcasting or in these media spaces that are independent podcasters, by the way. These are independent media personalities. These are not journalists. These are not people who have credentials within journalism, yet they, they get online and they talk shit all day and they just disrespect people. So, you know... I think that's why I get exhausted with podcasting because I'm just like, oh my God, like this shit, (laughs) like I'm never going to be taken seriously unless I go viral for saying horrible stuff. Unless I sit on a camera and I say something that is just stupid and it it takes over and I get followers for, for speaking without thinking. It's a dangerous thing to speak without thought. That is very dangerous to do. And I just think that we live in an age now where people will say, oh, you know, well, this is my First Amendment, freedom of speech and shit. I could say this because I feel this way. But it's like, no, you're fucking dumb. You're you're saying harmful things that are stupid and dumb. So here's the thing about opinion. It's one thing to have an opinion. But now people, people will say, okay, well, I don't have to agree with you. And that's just my opinion. You said that I could have an opinion. That's just my opinion. But it's like, no. You, you don't want to just you don't want to just say what's right because you 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 feel that you don't believe in it and you know what what we see now is that people people just cling to their fucking ignorance and they and they stand down in it and they stay bigoted and it's just it's just so fascinating where we are with modes of communication with technology with with these stupid pages that really have no value. But they still have the power to persuade people and change people's way of thinking. Um, even these public figures, where they'll say one thing and they don't—they just don't care, and you know they don't realize that they have the power to sway people. Like Kanye West, like Joe Budden, you have—you have the power to sway people. People are fucking dumb. They're dumb. Your, your typical your typical young person is at home on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook talking cash shit. They're stupid. <laughs> so when you have a public when you have a public figure who will get out here and they'll just hurl stuff like a Candace Owens, it's just so like that <laughs> that's why I be having to take a break. I'm like, let me get off this shit, because this shit, this this is a microcosm, this is an echo chamber, honey. And these people just say stuff and I cannot let it get under my skin, girl. I just got to sit back and chill. I just got to sit back and chill, girl. That's all I got to do. I'm glad Megan received justice. Um, Next topic, Barbara Walters. That was so long, y'all. But this might be a long episode because this is the end of the year. Barbara Walters, RIP to Barbara Walters. She passed away um, yesterday um, afternoon. I was off of the socials. I disappeared, honey. I was just watching Netflix and sleeping and working and and things like that. Well, after work, after work. Um, (laughs) I was working and then sleeping and things like that. And got back on the Twitter, found out that my good sis Barbara Walters died. Now, Barbara Walters, she is an iconic journalist. She's been... um, She's she's been a journalist for over 50 years. And um she's known for her interviews with Monica Lewinsky. Um she she also interviewed um on NBC News Today right after JFK's assassination. She did that particular story in November of 1963. 
um, you know, she she interviewed Fidel Castro on ABC News in 1977, June of 1977. So Barbara Walters is a legendary journalist. Barbara Walters has opened doors for Oprah Winfrey, for, you know, uh, the Diane Sawyers of the world, Tamron Hall, you know, um, Woman on the View, uh, Joyce Meyer, you know, all of these different women, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, you know, all of these individuals who have left their careers as actors, but they went into the commentary space of television journalism and, and commentary and conversation. Barbara Walters is literally at the top of the journalism food chain. She's one of the legends. And, um, you know, RIP to Barbara Walters, RIP to Barbara Walters, our good sis. She died at 93. She lived a long life, has some of the best interviews. Um, Authentic journalism, even if you disagree with her. You know, no journalist is perfect. You know, there, there are journalists who have to be put into uncomfortable situations to get that interview. You know what I mean? And you know what's so interesting? As I say that, I, I thought about how I interviewed, and <laughs> I'm, I'm a nobody, y'all. I'm just a regular fucking person, right? But, you know, I, I really love journalism. I've always loved media and things like that. I literally, like, I literally study interviews late at night. Like, I'll just watch interviews all night long. Like, I'm such a nerd when it comes to that. Um, I remember when I had those two people on my show from that, that reality show. I think I talked about this in my last episode. So in October of 2021, I was doing these interviews with these YouTube reality stars, and it was it just got so crazy to me when um, you know it went south. But you know, I, I really had to step away from that because it turned and it turned into just a thing of people just wanting popularity and wanting attention for the show by any means. You know, to where I started to you know get disrespected. You know, and it, and what the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I remember I remember one of the cast members. Um, her name is Jewel. She made a comment because I was interviewing another cast member um, by the name of Melly, and he had a fight with this non-binary person who claims to be trans with her non-binary. Um, and they were trying to use the trans, you know, hate crime situation for their angle for the show when that really that really wasn't, you know, what they went through. You get what I'm saying? They actually were provoking a fight with someone and trying to use that. Anyways, Jewel was on that non-binary person's side. And I remember Jewel, she felt some type of way about me wanting to interview everyone on the cast because the cast was very divided. And I'm bringing, I'm not, you know, I bring this up all the time because it's something that it was such a learning experience for me. But <laughs> I remember she made this comment. She was like, you know, if, if you interview Melly about the situation that he had on the show with the fight with, with my friend who's not binary, right? If you interview Melly, that's the equivalent of Oprah Winfrey in- interviewing the KKK member, like how, she, how Oprah... So Oprah Winfrey, she had like this notorious interview where she was interviewing KKK members, about, you know, why they are the way that they are and so forth. And she is basically saying, like, basically you're a traitor and you're a disappointment to the Black community if you do that. So, like, so if you were to interview Melly, you're a disappointment to the LGBTQ community. And I was like, you know, that's not really fair to put all of that on me because, honey, I'm just an interviewer girl. I'm getting my journalism on. You know, like, for me, I'm like, I'm here to get the answers for the people, for the show. I want to talk to all of you. I want to do all of this. But she kept attacking me. She kept attacking me. But it was weird because as she was attacking me, I think she also liked me. But she was trying to use me as a tool to convey her narrative for that show. And I just wasn't doing it. And I went and interviewed Nelly. And then I started getting disrespected by the non-binary person. So 
I use all that as an example. I connect that with Barbara Walters in the sense of like, you know, Barbara has faced criticism. You know, Diane Sawyer has faced criticism being a journalist. Oprah Oprah Winfrey continues to face criticism, right? But here's the thing. Here's what we all have to understand. Journalists, a journalist's job is to get the get the conversation going, get get the truth, get the message. And that's what I really respect about the greats like the Barbara Walters, the Diane Torres, the Oprah Winfrey's, um, people like that. Even Wendy Williams, although, you know, Wendy's a hot mess. We love Wendy, but Wendy is a legend in radio. Um, the goal is just to, to have the conversation and get to what you need to get to with, with who's ever on the show. Um so Barbara, kudos to you, girl. I went on a whole fucking tangent. But <laughs> RIP to a legend. And um, what else? What else has been going on? Um, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, celebrity news. There are some days where it's just stuff that's just fluff because it's just not that important. You know, and I'm trying to sit here and think. Um, hmm. Whoopi Goldberg, she issued an apology over recent comments about Jews, race, and the Holocaust. Black people in Hollywood, you should know better. You shouldn't make a comment about Jewish people. We we saw it with Kanye West. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Stay away from it. I don't know why Black people with these platforms, and I love Whoopi Goldberg. Why you have a platform, shut your mouth, especially you being Black. We know where that goes. Just leave it alone. Like the PR in me, I want to like if I could like tell every black celebrity to shut the hell up, leave that one alone. Don't say anything about it. I don't think like we don't really have the rain. <sighs> Even me, I'm just like <laughs> Jewish. That's a very sensitive topic, and I, I just don't understand why these black public figures, even in their greatness. Like, Nick Cannon went through that. Kanye West is going through that now. I'm like, why do you all keep trying to do that? Just leave it alone, girl. Leave it alone. Just shut up and make your money. Just shut up. Shut your mouth and make your money. Don't say anything about that. Leave it alone. And that, and see, that's the PR in me. That's that's the public relations in me. It's certain things that you all should not talk about. I get that you all want to shake it up and be controversial. But it's certain topics where it's like, girl, are you sure you want to carry that? Because they're going to drag you. You're going to have to issue out an apology. Um, rapper Theoph- Theophilus London reported missing in Los Angeles by family and friends, according to B. Scott. Um, this occurred a few days ago. But uh, Theophilus London, he is best known for working with Azealia Banks um, for her song called JFK. But he's, you know, he's a known rapper. Was born in Trinidad and Tobago, um, but he was raised in Brooklyn, um, you know, the borough of New York City. But um, he also worked with Kanye West and Paul McCartney, um, and he, you know, he he's 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 worked with Kanye, so he's he's done a lot of things. He's also had he's also has three studio. Yeah, so with that all being said, Theophilus London has been missing since July, but there are witnesses and they they were saying that he was last seen in Los Angeles on October 15th in the Skid Row area. Uh, His father, 
um, has a quote and a statement just basically, um, you know, encouraging his son to get in touch. Um, in quote, the father states, Theo, your dad loves you, son. We miss you and all your friends and relatives are searching for you. Wherever you are, send us some signal. No matter what, we will come get you, son. End quote. Um, yeah, this is really unfortunate. You know, LAPD has opened a case on um, Theo. Um, and, you know, LAPD has confirmed that they, that they are searching for him. This is really, really strange. I hope he's okay. You know, here's the thing. If they saw him on Skid Row, girl, hopefully he, if he's been missing like that and his family can't get in touch, and if he's potentially still alive, if you're running around on Skid Row, you know, hopefully he didn't have like a habit or anything. Allegedly. No, this is not me. I'm not trying to say that he's on drugs. I don't know what he does. You know, but a lot of people in the industry do do a lot of drugs. They do a lot of coke. You know, a lot of musicians do a lot of things. Um, Not all of them, but a lot of them are known to do drugs and things like that. But who knows? Maybe it can be a mental health thing. Maybe he probably had a breakdown. He's running around, you know, in, on the skid, in, in Skid Row, but now we're in December. It's almost New Year. Y'all still haven't found him, and y'all are just now saying something about this? Girl. Um, let's hope that they find Theophilus London. Um, what else? There really hasn't been much going on, you know? Uh, I don't want to talk about Drake, you know, because Drake pissed me off when he disrespected Megan Thee Stallion the way that he did. I, that really pissed me the hell off. Uh, you know, Drake released that album with 21 Savage and he took a shot at Megan Thee Stallion and his lines. I think I made a video about it on YouTube talking about that. Um, Drake had a situation where this woman got on TikTok basically saying that Drake flew her out and kicked her out. He flew her out and then kicked her out of the hotel room or whatever. And then he responded saying how he never met the lady and people are doing this for clout. Well, see, Drake, maybe that's your karma for disrespecting Megan Thee Stallion the way that you did. Speaking of Megan, Megan picked up another legal win this week her for, against her former her former label, um, 1501. So Megan is also in another trial. Um, this trial hasn't hasn't officially begun yet, but she is battling um, basically to renegotiate or either get out of her contract with 1501 Entertainment. Um, so this story is uh, via Rolling Stone. Um, she, yeah, she's going through a lot. So via Rolling Stone, a Texas judge sided with Megan Thee Stallion on Wednesday when he denied her strange Houston labels request that her 2021 album, Something for the Hotties, be declared something less than an album under her contract. The Harris County judge rejected 1501 Certified Entertainment's motion for the pre-trial ruling known as a partial summary judgment in a one-page decision that means Megan's one million lawsuit against the label can proceed to trial intact, okay? The label had filed its request December 14th, arguing that the court should bypass a trial and simply rule outright that Something for the Hotties was not an quote-unquote album under Megan's contract because it included previously available recordings and purportedly quote-unquote failed to follow the proper approval procedures, end quote. Um... So Megan replied to that particular motion on December 19th, arguing that she fully complied with the terms of her deal regarding something for the hotties and deserved a chance to argue her case at trial. 
Okay. So Megan's Megan's actual government name outside of her stage name is Megan Pete. So um here's a quote. Uh Quote, Pete should be allowed her day in court to present evidence and testimony to the jury demonstrating that she has done all that was required of her in the delivery and release of her albums. Okay. End quote. And that's what her filing says. Um, in her paperwork, Pete argues that the freestyles and skits included on her album do not count. It's previously published material because even though some may have appeared on YouTube, they were never available in a format that was commercially distributed to the public for sale. Um, If there's any ambiguity around the term, previously unreleased, it should be reserved as a question of fact for the jury. Okay, that's what her paperwork reads. So, yeah. Megan is going through a lot. Basically, her form... I'm going to slow down there because it's a lot of, like, legal terms. Her former label, she has, I believe she has like a three or four album deal with 1501. She's managed by Rock Nation, right? But she's a three album deal because after she released Traumazine, that's the end of her contract, right? So she's trying to end her contract so she can continue her career and sign with someone else. Once Megan started working with Rock Nation, tensions started to arise because um, Carl Crawford, um, he oversees 1501 Entertainment. He's the one who kind of helped Megan get her, like, start with an actual label. Um, He was concerned and worried that Rock Nation was trying to steal his artists, you know, because, you know, Rock Nation has the ties with Beyonce and Jay-Z and so forth, and she's managed by them. So he started freaking out and started going on this whole rampage about how they're trying to steal his artists, and it just turned into this whole thing, this whole debacle. Anywho, Megan Thee Stallion, um, she just asked to simply renegotiate her contract about certain percentages of what's being cut and so forth, and he made it this whole debacle and just literally started accusing her of not paying him and so forth and not paying her debts. According to her, she doesn't owe him anything. Um, She's just trying to fight to release her music. Now, a lot of people don't know, every project that Megan has done Uh, 1501 hasn't supported her. She has paid for all of her marketing, all of her publicity, all of her promo. She has done all of this on her own, out of her own pocket. So while she is signed, she has not received the proper funding from 1501. She's been paying out of pocket for her own marketing, her own music releases and so forth. And she's been fighting for that within her recording contract, right? They know that she's trying to get out of that contract so she could go ahead and just join Rock Nation and sign with someone else and have a bigger, you know, a bigger, bigger, bigger hold within her career, which is what she's fighting for. Um, And they fear her leaving. So what they're trying to do is they're, they're trying to hold her back and extend that contract while also trying to break other artists off of the back of Megan, such as her understudy, um, Erica Banks. So this is a lot. But anyways, Megan received um, another win basically that that album in particular does count as an album and that she has a right to basically defend something for the hotties. So something for the hotties, that's the red album that she released um, in October of 2021, where she just had unreleased tracks and so forth um, as a completed project, because I think it had like over like 15 songs on there. Anyways, shout out to Megan. A lot about Megan. Look, we're just going to give her the Yes Queen Award tonight because this is a lot about her. Um, it's, it's clear that I'm a fan. But um, outside of that, there's not a lot going on with these celebrities. Not a lot going on. You know, it's the holidays right now. I feel like everyone's kind of on a break. Um, in tonight's central topic, and I'm, I'm going to make it quick because I, I have to run to the beauty supply to get a wig. 
Uh, because we're gonna try to go out tonight. But anywho, you all, it's a lot. It's a lot. But my central topic for tonight will be self-worth. And um, now on my YouTube channel, this has been a repeated topic. I believe I've done about two or three videos on self-worth as as a woman, as a, as a trans woman in particular. Um, and tonight, I want to just chat about self-worth really briefly. Um, self-worth is something that I am learning that you have to constantly work at it every day. For example, me, like there are days where I just feel so empty and I feel like I don't, like I know who I am. I'm a strong person and things like that, but I think that because of a lot of the things that I've dealt with in my life, there are just moments where I don't feel worthy. Or, or for example, like working a certain job, I might feel like, oh, like I'm just not, you know, I just might feel like, like not that good enough, or I might feel like undeserving, which could probably atone to some type of imposter syndrome. I think that if you're a person of color or if you, you exist within, within any type of like minority group that, that has a difficult time, it's hard for you to feel like you are worthy. And, and that could translate to your race, that could translate to your gender, you being a woman, that could translate to your body, your body type, you might be probably someone who is, you know, you're probably, you're not the conventional beauty standard or you're, you're plus size or things like that. Um, you could be someone in the LGBTQ world, you know, where you're ostracized because of your sexuality. Me, all of that exists within all of me, you know, I'm black, I'm a trans woman, I'm thicker, I'm plus size. Although some plus size girls don't consider me plus size because I'm like a size 12 on a good day, a size 14 on a bad day child. But they might not consider me plus size because I guess I'm, I conventionally still fit in into somewhat of the newer beauty standard. I'm not considered like a bigger woman now. For example, like I had a friend who, who told me that because I think she's a size 18. She was like, you're not considered plus size. You're, you're a 12, you're, you know, you're a 14, you're a 12 or whatever. You're not considered plus size. I was like, yes, I am. I was like, when we talk about beauty standards, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not a size six. I'm not a size four. You know, I'm not like a skinny mini like these other girls. So I am considered plus size. Like I could never be a model. I could never, you know, be these things. So I do fall into that. And she was like, no, you don't. And then she got kind of like triggered. And I was like, oh my God, like everyone's so, I don't know. So... With all that being said, I think that that trickles down into self-worth because it could also be about your position in your family. And I think the reason why I struggle is because, you know, I'm the baby of my family and I'm the black sheep of my family. I come from a family where I was literally erased. My whole identity was erased because I stood up and I left my family. Um, Well, I didn't leave them. They actually disowned me and like kicked me out and stuff. But in order for me to be who I am, I had to get up and you know, just just accept who I was. And me accepting who I was and my family was deemed as very, um, you know, disrespectful because I know my truth and I live in my truth. Um, you know, and I don't want to get too personal because, you know, y'all know I don't like getting, like, hella personal about my, like, personal personal shit. But when it comes to self-worth, I think that, uh, you know, we talk about childhood trauma, we talk about all those things. All of that, causes people to struggle with their self-worth. And I think for me in particular, I've struggled with that. I mean, you know, even during the holidays, I think that's kind of why I was trying to lay low, you know, cause I'm like, let me just process this and process my emotions and my feelings and just keep moving on in life. It's the holidays. Let me try to find the positivity 
and find my new worth, right? Like now I'm 29 years old. I turned 30 in a few months. So I'm, I'm in this weird place of life where life is kind of closing out. My 20s are going away from me. I'm moving on from that. I'm a woman. I'm a grown woman. I'm an adult. You know, I've had, I've had a lot of things that have occurred. And I'm sure that more challenges and more things will occur in my life. But also I've had a lot of good things occur in my life. Um, and when it comes to self-worth, it's just that lately I've been kind of struggling with that because, you know, the negative thoughts in my mind eat away at me. So positive self-talk is something that I have to constantly fight with and implement when it comes to self-worth, like me just trying my best to affirm myself, me also distancing myself from other people who are influencing negative thoughts. So for example, like if you if you have certain friends who are just negative all the time or whenever you talk to them, it's always something negative. It's never nothing positive. Like I've dealt with that recently where I'm like, God, like, you know, and I love my friends. This is not shade, but you know, I have a few where it just seems like everything is so negative all the time. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I can't do it. I need a break. Like I had to, <laughs> I had to kind of pull the wave and I'm like, I got to focus on positive things because this is starting to affect me. You know, and that's what I'm just learning about boundaries and and my own self-worth is like, I have to constantly get back grounded and find that within self, do positive self-talk, take distance from people, do something that I like for me. Um, For example, this holiday season, you know, um, I'm really proud of myself because I revisited my goals. And um, I actually accomplished a lot of my goals for 2022. I went back and I found my goals. I wrote down 14 goals, you all. Um, And I accomplished about, I would say, 10 or 11 of those goals. And if I didn't accomplish them, I started them. I I at least attempted the goal and I started. Um, And as I was reading my, my 14 goals, I was really proud of myself. Like, one of my goals was to get a car. I got a car recently. One of my goals was to get a new job. I got a new job by the grace of God. Um, Another one of my goals was to learn how to ration out myself to people. And this year I've been doing that. Now, I have fucked up a little bit where I'll overextend myself, but but this year I've had to fight that and practice like, like with certain friends I've had to say, look, this is not good. I need I need to take my space. You're doing too fucking much. Every time we talk, it's just trauma bonding. It's too much. I need something positive. I need something positive. I can't do this. Like, I've had to kind of say that to certain friends. And, I, and of course, I wasn't that rude about it. But I've had to kind of just establish, like, I need my boundaries. And also, too, there are times where I just haven't explained to friends. Because I'm like, look, I don't have the capacity to do this show. And I'm not going to explain to you. I just need, I need positivity. I'm trying to stay, I'm trying to stay in that way of thinking because I have times where I'm a very positive person, but I have moments where I can be really negative with myself. There are moments where I'm, where I'm all alone and, and my thoughts get the best of me sometimes. It happens. We're human. You know, there are times where I get a little, I might get a little, I don't know if it's called depression, but I call it like blue. I might get a little blue sometimes and I just, I need my space so I can recalibrate and rebalance myself because I'm a very caring person. And in 2022, I vowed to myself that I was going to ration myself out more. And I, and I really started doing that more. I have made a few mistakes, but when I did make those mistakes with people, I pulled away and I was like, no, this person is not getting any more of me. I'm not their therapist. I'm not, I'm not a superhero for their life. I have to save my fucking self. And, and you know, the year of 29 really taught me that. Save yourself. 
It's okay to have a friend. It's okay to vent. It's okay to have someone to go to and, and get your grievances out on. That's totally fine. But you have to save self and know how to hold yourself down. Because all of us are trying to figure it out. No one has all the answers. You know? It's just that when it, when when with all that being said, when it translates to self-worth, it's just that, you know, me being who I am, I think I struggle with that because it's all this programming telling you know, girls like myself, um, that you don't belong. You don't belong and there's no space for you. And what I've seen with, with people like me, the, the real successful ones, they've just claimed their space and they've made it happen. Like, so when I look at people who directly reflect me as, as being a Black trans woman, right? Um, and there are Black women who, who reflect me in, as far as being a Black woman. I know I'm not a cis woman, but I'm saying like, you know, they inspire me. Um, but it's a certain area where I just can't relate with them on. Like, they're not trans women, you know what I mean? So I could look at, look up to them as women, but, you know, they don't they didn't go through what I went through, so I can't, like, fully relate to them. But when it comes to trans women, you know, like, women like T.S. Madison, so inspiring. Um, people like, who, Isis King, so inspiring. Um, Laverne Cox. You know, people like that who... They all have a story. They've all been through things in their life. Um, and now they're in an area of life where they're winning and, and you know, like they have a career. They're actually able to fulfill their dreams. You know, we all, we live in this world that tells us that people like us don't belong. And I just think for a woman like myself, I've realized this year that it's going to be much harder for me to create the type of journey and career that I want. I've realized this year that I that there's no dream job for me. I finally accepted that. You know, within this matrix of life, uh, there is no dream job. I think for me, what I, what I have realized, I know for me, what I've realized this year is that um, although I'm very blessed to be working, I'm not fully aligned. And I'm more so hopeful that I could take this podcast to another level. Um, and if not, I could start something new. Who knows? I might end this podcast. This might even be my last episode. Who knows, right? But there are times where I'm like, okay, I have to elevate now. And um, I've already done a lot of the goals um, that I set for myself in 2022. So for me, I just, you know, going into 2023, I want to continue to elevate. And I want to start really working on my self-worth and continue, well, continuing to work on my self-worth and my self-esteem. And telling myself that I am deserving. In a world that tells you that you're not deserving, you know, you are deserving. And I'm saying that to myself as I'm saying this on this podcast, you know. And, you know, the possibilities are endless. And I think that, that, see, that's the positivity coming out of me. (laughs) Um, And see, the negative side of me would be like, you know, who are you? Like, no one cares about your little podcast, girl. You're not popping yet. You ain't got signed. You ain't got no show. You're not really in the radio. You're like, these are all just aspirations. But it's, it's something that that really brings me joy in it and it makes me happy, even when I get frustrated with it sometimes, because I'll see so many other people who are just they went to Best Buy, they bought equipment, they get studio time and they just say the dumbest stuff. They're not really having conversations that are that are critical or causing people to really think. They're just, it's just, it's wild. I'm just sitting here like, and these people get all these hits and they, and they garner all this outrage and they get fame. And it's just, it's wild to me how that works. But um, 
those are the times that we live in you all but i'm rambling now self-worth it is a struggle for me but it is a day-to-day thing that i'm working on and i know that you all are too there are times where we define our worth by where we work by the family that we have and things like that and i just think that you have to take a moment and get with self and just realize that all of these things are temporary and it's all about how you feel about yourself on the inside. And even me, I'm affirming myself as I'm saying that. We have to really strengthen the relationship within us. So whenever things don't work out, it didn't work out for a reason, you all. Whatever opportunities were given to other people, that was their blessing. Um, we have to get to a place where we know that our value is still real and is still necessary and is still valid despite what the outside world may tell us. They might tell us that we don't deserve a certain job. We don't deserve a certain pay. We don't deserve to live our dreams, you know? And I'm struggling with that too. Um, So when it comes to self-worth, we really have to constantly, every single day, massage that, that, that positivity within you against that negativity. Massage, you know, not massage, but talk to that inner child that's been hurt within you. Talk to the inner teenager that's been hurt within you. When you look back on your life, affirm the past versus just saying, oh my God, all of this bad shit happens to me. This is why I'm not where I'm at. Don't do that to yourself. Take accountability, affirm what happened, look at things as a learning lesson and keep moving on. That's all we can do in life. All we can do is stay in the present and keep moving on. The past is the past. No one gives a fuck about the past anymore. The past does not matter. It matters. It matters when you learn, but it really doesn't matter because it already happened. No one cares, you know? So don't let those past things define you, right? And I'm saying this to my listeners, but even myself. Like, I deal with that all the time. I'm like, you know what? No, like, I can have more. I deserve more. I know that I'm capable of much, much more. I work hard, I mean well, my blessings are coming for me and I'm already blessed. It's already written in stone. I just can't see it yet, you know? So with all that being said, let me wrap this up because I gotta go. I can't even, damn, I wanted to go buy me a new fucking wig, you all. (laughs) I wanted to get a new wig tonight. I'm trying to go out tonight for New Year's and have a new wig on my head. Um, Let me run because I need to go. I really want to get some new hair for New Year's. Anywho, you all, thank you all for listening. This was so freaking fun. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. I know I've been gone for a while, and I know this episode was a tangent, but I really hope you enjoyed it. And um, take social media breaks. Do self-care. Winter season is meant to hibernate, okay? Take a moment and just chill. That's what I've been doing. I've been going to work, but I've just been moving slow and trying to just really bask in that. All right? See you all in 2023. I hope that I can make this a better situation for you all. I hope that in next year that I can get more funding, um, figure out how to make my show pop, figure out how to just do more on my own and not expect anyone to give me anything. You know, when you work hard, people see that and they want to work with you. Um, So for me, I'm starting over with a clean slate for 2023. I thought about ending this podcast. I'm not sure yet, but, I, but I'm going to be honest with my listeners. I'm, you might not get this in 2023. I don't know yet. Who knows what will happen? 
but I'm not sure if this is my last episode or not. Most likely it isn't. But all I'm saying is that in 2023, I just really hope to grow within the media space and give you all better content, whether this podcast exists or not. Maybe I could give you a new podcast. Maybe I could strictly give you YouTube. Who knows? But I want to give you something more. And I want to get more comfortable with the visual stuff. Because um, this year, I'm actually proud that I YouTubed a little bit more in 2023. In 2022, I YouTubed a lot more. So I struggle with consistency, but I definitely YouTubed more this year. So I'm just proud of that in general. I've had I've had some small growth, you know what I'm saying? So, so as I wrap this up, think about what you, what you have accomplished in 2022 as well. Think about your new year goals. Don't be so hard on yourself. Be gentle with yourself, but still be realistic with self and still do the work. Work hard. Don't sit on your fucking ass. Work hard and be realistic and be practical. All right. Happy New Year. I'm out. Thank you so much. Follow me on Instagram at Khalif Now and Twitter at Khalif Now and YouTube at Khalif Now. That's K-A-L-E-E-F-N-O-W. Um, subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I'm available on nine platforms. You can just Google me and figure that out. I love and appreciate you. Thank you for listening to me for one more year. I really sincerely, sincerely appreciate you for being so patient with me, listeners, with this podcast and um, letting me just express myself. Alrighty, y'all take care.